Hello and welcome to episode 400. Yes, 400 episodes of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan and I am back for another edition of Market Monday. This show was designed to get you up to speed very quickly on recent average draft position, aka ADP movement in the fantasy football market. In the show notes, you can find a free link to charts and the full article on this topic from ETR Director of Analytics and the man behind all this, Michael Leone. By the way, reminder that anyone who purchases or has purchased our DraftKit Pro, which is on sale now for $49.99, you automatically get a $10 credit into your underdog account. That page on how to claim that $10 is live. Now it's in the menu. If you do not have an underdog account yet, you can just sign up for one using promo code ETR. You'll get up to $100 deposit bonus. Then you can come back and claim your $10 after that if you have DraftKit Pro. All right. Let's begin with the fallers from the last seven days. And I knew this one was going to happen. Leonard Fournette is down three spots roughly across the board. Meanwhile, Rashad White is up six and a half spots across the board. And all this stems from the Fat Lenny stuff. You know, if anybody isn't on Twitter, you missed a lot of Fat Lenny jokes. The cliff notes are that Leonard Fournette signed a big three-year contract in free agency to come back to the Bucks. He did not show up to voluntary OTAs. He allegedly showed up to mandatory minicamp at 260 pounds. And I get it. All that stuff doesn't sound great. But I really think there's been an overreaction here on Laren Fournette. I mean, first of all, there are videos and pictures of Lenny lifting lately. And he looks, you know, pretty good. I would not say fat. His trainer says that Fournette is down in the low 240s now. And his ideal playing weight is around 235. I mean, he's a big dude. He's going to be fine weight-wise very soon, I think. You know, sometime during camp. He'll get in shape. I think that's fine. I think the bigger question is if all of this has opened the door for Rashad White to steal some work. And I think there's a chance of that, particularly on pass downs. But now that Fournette is dropping an ADP, I mean, I've seen him go in the late third round rate lately. The White, the Rashad White risk is baked into that price. So you're almost free rolling. You know, if Leonard Fournette has that absurd role he had last year, a true three down plus goal lineback, well, he's a massive steal in round three. And then if Rashad White siphons off a decent amount of work, well, I think Lenny is still a solid pick in round three. Like he won't kill you there. So he's being drafted, I think, almost at his floor when he goes in that late round three range. Time to buy the dip on Fat Lent. Second riser is Will Fuller. I'm sorry, second faller is Will Fuller. He is down seven spots on underdog now, 193rd overall. And man, where in the world? is Will Fuller, you know, hurt his finger in week four last season, literally have not heard from him since. It's so weird. You know, I've seen really light, unsubstantiated rumors around him and the Packers, the Cowboys, the Browns, but he's still out there on the street, a free agent. And now we're entering camp. So I honestly don't know what's going on with Will Fuller. I'm pretty shocked we haven't heard from him, at least like through his agent saying something like he's healthy and he's ready. But what I do know is that if Will Fuller does sign with one of those teams that I mentioned, you know, Packers, Cowboys, especially, and maybe the Rams too, I'm, I'm sorry, maybe the Browns too, he's going to get a massive ADP bump, like three to four rounds at least. So I, I think in managed leagues, if you're drafting this early, I would draft Will Fuller with like my last pick and worry about kicker or defense later, you know, just see what happens. In best ball stuff, I'm fine taking shots on Will Fuller, on Julio in some builds, but not always the ones or not particularly the ones where I need help early, you know, because it's getting pretty late in the game for these guys to sign with a team, get up to speed and start climbing the depth chart. 
Last fall I'm going to talk about today is Albert O, tight end for the Broncos. He is down six spots in ADP. And a lot of this has to do, or I think all of it has to do, with the Greg Dolchich news. And I use the word news in quotes because this was Mike Kliss, longtime beat writer for the Broncos. He went on a show and was saying that Albert O and Greg Dolchich will compete, compete for starting duties. You know, and he went on to say other stuff like he thought Dolchich would play a lot, a certain percentage of the snaps, and Albert O would get reduced. He also said Dolchich got some first-team reps during OTAs and spring stuff, which is obviously really good. It's rare for a rookie. Usually, the coaches make the rookies, quote-unquote, earn it for them to climb a depth chart that easy in May. But, you know, this all goes back to what I was saying for a couple months now. The way that Greg Dolchich wins is not good for Albert O. You know, Dolchich is not a blocker at all. He's essentially an oversized wide receiver. And as much as Albert O is a freak, and I love him as a player and a producer, when Denver is in clear passing situations, I think it's very possible that they think Dolchich will be the better option to be on the field. And that can lead to some canceling out at the tight end position. You know, it's hard enough to be a viable fantasy option with a true workhorse tight end role in every down role. But if you're sharing time, I mean, it's absolutely brutal. And also, we have all these mouths to feed in Denver. Jerry Judy, Corlin Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. You know, it's really tough. So as painful as it is, because I think with a full-time featured role, Albert O could really be something special in fantasy. But as painful as it is, I haven't been reaching to get him very much. And there's always, it seems like, someone in these drafts who wants to reach for Albert O. But if he falls into the late 150s or so, I think there's a bet on talent situation there. And I'm fine with him as kind of a buy low spot, a buy the dip type play. All right, this week's risers. First one I'm going to talk about is Michael Thomas. He's up six spots on FFPC to 71st overall. This has to do with the positive health reports, including the one provided last week on our own podcast from Nick Underhill. Uh, Michael Thomas is starting camp on active slash pup, but should be off of it soon. Be back in practice. That said, I am certainly out on MT, Michael Thomas, as his ADP climbs here. We're talking about a 29-year-old wide receiver who has not been healthy in literally two years due to this ankle issue. And apparently, still isn't even 100%. You know, when Michael Thomas was soaking up 30, 35% of the targets from the Saints, the rest of the wide receiver core was disaster. That's just not the case now with Chris Olave and Jarvis Landry there. You know, Taysom Hill playing some tight end and stealing some RPO stuff. And also, when Michael Thomas was in his heyday, it was Drew Brees, the ultra-accurate Drew Brees on those quick slants and quick outs where MT wins. Where Jameis Winston wins is not with accuracy or precision. It's with arm strength and deep ball. So I'm not even sure this is a good quarterback fit for MT. And also, with Sean Payton gone, as we talked about on the Saints podcast, I think the efficiency of the offense is just more fragile. So I'm happy to let Michael Thomas's ADP rise in front of me. Second... Uh, riser, I'm going to mention is Tyler Beatty. He's up 15 spots or so at the very back end of drafts. This is related to all the injury news surrounding J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards with their knee issues. Uh, you know, Tyler Beatty is a round six rookie. People give guys like this way more credit than they deserve. But I do think that Beatty has more juice than Mike Davis. So I get it. And I think that taking some last round shots on Beatty is fine. But I still think that the J.K. Dobbins Injury situations overblown a bit. Like even if he isn't ready for the first couple of weeks, the price on Dobbins now, I mean, I've seen him go mid-late 60s, early 70s on underdog. That's just so cheap. And, and I still think that the Ravens are purposely playing it coy publicly, you know, purposely under-promising on Dobbins' health and then hopefully over-delivering. 
And then you have a lead back on the NFL's most run heavy offense, one that will still be very efficient. I mean, Dobbins averaged 6.0 yards per carry, led all running backs in 2020. So, you know, I get it on last round picks on Tyler Beatty to see what happens with J.K. Dobbins' health. And if we get a negative report, I'll certainly be more in on Beatty. But for now, I'm still staying high on Dobbins. All right, what I'm watching in this week upcoming. So we got the news Monday that James Robinson will not start camp on Pup. You know, and that's surprising to me because he just tore his Achilles seven months ago. Kind of like the Cam Akers thing. He just tore his Achilles five and a half months ago before he came back. Now he looked awful and maybe it was because of the Achilles. But guys are coming back sooner and sooner from this. Obviously, it's not great for Travis Etienne if James Robinson is completely healthy from week one. I think coaches like James Robinson as a pass protector, as a reliable guy. But I still think the way Travis Etienne wins in a similar way that Austin Eckler wins, you know, Isaiah Spiller is still going to get a bunch of base work. And Austin Eckler is still, you know, a top five pick. Travis Etienne can still win in other ways, namely pass catching, pass downs, and scoring touchdowns. So yeah, James Robinson thing is not great, but I'm going to be watching to see if this hurts Travis Etienne's ADP significantly ahead of next market Monday. Four, Jerry. Four, Leone. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.